I'm co-host James Ash. And I'm co-host Phil Scaife. Welcome to The Business Lockdown. Welcome to The Business Lockdown once again, Mr. John Borland. How are you doing, mate? Really good, thanks. Thanks for having me back on. Must have been all right the first time to get a recall on this, so I'm happy with that. Well, we felt we felt there was room for improvement, so we thought we'd give you a, a second bite of the cherry head. But uh, yeah, episode eleven, early April, Mr. Scape, that uh, you brought brought John on board, and that was a phenomenal, phenomenal episode, wasn't it? Yeah, so like one of my favourite people, not just guests. <laughs> oh yeah, it was, oh that was great, and yeah, absolutely. Let's let, let's see what's happened since then for uh, for all of us, and uh, and, and see how you, how you've travelled since then. Good to see you again, John. Yeah, thanks. Good to see you as well, mate. Well, um, something really want to drill down on today is is personal brand development. You know, building your own personal brand. Uh, you know, John, you've got SpaciousCoaching.co.uk, um, but we we spoke last time. You were just transitioning between brands, weren't you? And we spoke on kind of the, the pain points and any friction um, points during that process. And you said, well, actually, it's 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 more about you as a person with, under that company. So you could almost call the company anything really, and. Since then, of course, you've been podcasting. You know, I think there's, there's some inspiration maybe taken, Phil, from from uh, from ourselves. Yes. <laughs> take you are take both of you. You are my heroes. Actually, <laughs> let's just start there. You are my heroes. You're not gonna you're not gonna get the tattoo out of them, are you? You know, of our faces. We'll leave that. <laughs> no, because I've only got yours done, Phil, not James's, so it's gonna be embarrassing. Oh, that'll get awkward, yeah. Yeah, don't I'll just say like, hold off on that one. Just give it a bit more time. Give it a bit more time to make that that, that life decision, that life choice decision. But uh, yeah, tell us about, about your podcasting route, John, because I know you it was something that you had in mind for a long while, um, something that you just didn't get off the ground, which a lot of people would either they may have the time to record content, but they don't. You know, there's so much involved behind the scenes on strategy, on get, getting the right guest, um, what topics to discuss, you know, how long are you going to discuss them for the continuity. So can you tell us, you know, how that's looked since, since we had you on episode 11? Uh, yeah. So I think doing the podcast with you guys gave me the kick up the arse I needed to go, hang on a minute, this can be done. Let's make this happen. I think seeing it, in real life almost, rather than just sort of assuming what it was going to be like, uh, it was really helpful. So I effectively did that podcast with you and that kind of kicked into motion, almost like a, a real sort of kick this into gear and make this happen. Uh, and then really it was about getting older, the people who can do the bits that I can't do, which is obviously, uh, you know, your guys, James at Pink, um, who kind of do all the behind the scenes stuff for me and, and actually couldn't make it easier, you know, in terms of just, I basically feel like I record episodes, throw them at them, and they kind of uh, make it all singing and all dancing and, and make it work. So in terms of creating the podcast, for me, it's pretty painless. It, it really isn't that difficult at all. Um, you know, your guys at Pink are absolutely different class. They just make things happen. and They make things work. And I'm involved in the whole process of it. But I don't have to do any of the stuff that I'm not good at or don't know how to do or would. The stuff that would take me absolutely ages, but they can do in a heartbeat. So, and I love that because I love it when people are playing to the strengths and I love how much uh, your guys at Pink love creating this stuff as well. You know, I love the fact that they love it and I love the fact that they're doing the job. They love doing the jobs that I would absolutely flipping hate doing. So it works. It works really well. So for me, 
it's been a hundred times easier than I actually thought it would be to create podcasts. So, uh, and I like stuff simple, straightforward, easy. I'm really, I'm all over that. So, um, yeah, it's been fantastic for me. And I think it, um, I think doing it with you guys sort of showed me, I think I was overcomplicating it in my mind, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I think uh, there's a tendency there, isn't there, with anything that we don't know to assume that it's, there's a bit more rocket science involved than there actually is. So I think as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, hang on, I can do this. Let's make this work. And it really just kicked me into gear. And it, and it has proved to be as simple as I actually thought it was going to be. I think having episode one, which was, I think it was titled Winging It, right? That well, was the... yeah, no, it, we, it, <coughs> under the, um, you know, underlying was the, the idea that we were winging it. The title was None of Us Know What We're Actually Doing or something along that ilk. Yeah. Um, which we just thought was a really good place to start because I was talking to my mate who's a, you know, a leader in education and uh, we grew up together. We're both the same age and, you know, none of us, you know, neither of us, we often talk about the idea that people look at us like we know what we're doing, but we don't. We're just making it up as we go along. We're making things happen. Uh, we maybe know a bit more now than we did 20 years ago, but we still don't know. And there's something brilliant about not knowing because not knowing means you're pushing yourself. You're in, you're out your comfort zone. You're doing something different. So, you know, uh, two months ago, whenever it was three months ago, four months ago, I don't know. I did not have a clue how to do a podcast. And now I've got a podcast and I've got people listening to it and I've got it on all different channels and I've got a Facebook group and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, it's just come out of nowhere. It's just like, this has kind of just happened. And now people I've had two conversations in the last two weeks where people are ringing me asking for my advice on making a podcast. And I'm like, this is brilliant because I didn't know what I was doing a few months ago. And now I'm dishing out like podcast tips. It's almost ridiculous, isn't it? Almost ridiculous. <laughs> it's like this, like, isn't it? One page ahead of someone makes you the expert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still don't know what I'm doing, but I'm just doing the best I can. And obviously I know a bit more than they do because they're just starting out. So that, yeah. yeah, you're right. One page ahead, it works, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Indeed. What, um, what advice, I mean, action is key, right? We, this, is, this is something that resonates with, with most of our guests, if not all, um, in many walks of life, let alone business. Um, and you certainly, certainly took that. Um, you know, what, what advice have you got for people out there um, who are hesitant or say like oh, the over planners, the perfectionists? You know, yeah, the, yeah. Well, look, look, yeah. Luckily, I'm not blessed with perfectionism. Um, yeah. It's really... It's really good because uh, I'm quite happy with things being a bit rough and ready. I'm quite happy with just giving stuff a go. I'm really comfortable with failing. So I, I'm all right with just making it happen. And I think early on, um, business kind of taught me this, that you will never be ready. Like you'll, you'll never be ready enough. So you can be getting yourself ready, getting yourself ready. And ultimately, you just got to kind of crack on, which is why we did the first episode. We don't know what we're doing. And almost as we're making the first episode, I'm going, I don't know how to make a podcast. Let's just make a podcast. And I think there's something about that that really resonated with people because I think, I think most of us as grown-ups, I think when we were kids, we had some idea that when we became grown-ups, we'd know what we were doing. Because I think grown-ups in our world conned us into believing that they knew what they were doing. So, but then I think most of us have arrived in adulthood and realized that we still don't know what we're doing. We're making it up as we go every step of the way. I, I look, I, you know, I remember being a kid and looking at my mum and dad and thinking, oh, they just know what they're doing. They didn't have a clue. They're just making yeah. it up. And it's the same thing. And I think if you can accept that most people are making it up as they go along, it just gives you the courage to step out, do stuff, make stuff happen. If it all goes a bit pear-shaped, it doesn't really matter, does it? You'll, you'll learn from it. You'll forget. 
I think that's the other thing, actually. I see things as a learning curve all the time. I'm really comfortable with not knowing, but knowing that I'll learn from it and it'll get better and I'll improve and and it, it'll be okay, actually. It will be okay. Things evolve, don't they? Really love that. I think we may have touched on this uh, on your episode. Is you know that's I'm on board with with that um, that that kind of that mindset and and you know whatever if something bad happens, there's always something good to come of it. I mean, how does that work within your your professional capacity, your coaching capacity? Because that's almost alien for people, right? Coming in, I'm, I'm sure you get people coming in who that is just like. They've never thought like that before, you know. Again, again if it's either, either the super planners, people who are too nervous and you know too much anxiety to try something new because it might not work, you know, it might not work out. So I'll stay in the safe zone. Um, how do you how do you approach uh, clients like that when people come in, clients come in, and they're so you know resistant or or full of nerves to to make changes? What what, what does that look like? Uh, so, so I think there's a huge thing about fear of failure, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and and generally it's interesting this because generally you tend to find this isn't always true, but so many people have grown up and never failed at anything. They've literally never failed at anything. And, and what's happened is they've just stuck to the things that they're really good at, done the things that they know, done the things that can be certain of. But I think the problem with that is it leads to boredom and routine and sameness and it's almost a midlife crisis, isn't it? It's like, mm. oh, my life, I'm going to be doing this for the rest of my life. There's no, there's no adventure. There's no excitement with it. So, and I think the fear of failure is worse than failure itself 99% of the time. We, we make it worse in our own heads than it's ever going to be in real life. So, so if I put out an episode of my podcast that's crap, like what happens? Some people just don't listen. Somebody might say that's a bit crap. Uh, might not get some you know, audience figures like so what you know like almost like it's not the worst thing in the world is it what i'll figure out is that doesn't work the next episode i make i'll try and make it better you know it's dead simple really and i think it's about helping people shift perspective on that because i do think the fear of failure or the fear of losing face the fear of criticism the fear of standing out just holds us stuck and trapped so much in life it really does it keeps people small uh, and I suffered from it myself, so I'm not talking like I've, you know, I've evolved beyond this. I really haven't. I still suffer from it now, but I'm aware of it and conscious of it. And I think when I'm working with my clients, it's just a lot of what we would call perspective questions, just helping them see things from different angles, see beyond the failure, cut past it, and just see what other kind of perspectives they've got on it. Because the fear of failure is, is a perspective. It's the way we're looking at something, and we're often making it much bigger than it actually is. Mm-hmm. We're, making, we're making a lion out of what's actually a pussycat. And I think if we can help people with that, you can put failure in its rightful place. Well, how much does vulnerability come into that as well? Um, there's, there's a couple of examples that cropped up with Gary Vaynerchuk. What he says, he used um, the Eminem, you know, the 8 Mile, the Eminem movie. And at the end, when he's, he's doing a rap battle, and, um, and he goes firstly, and he, he just basically takes the piss out of himself and just opens himself up on all of his points. So the guy then who comes on had nothing to say. He's got nowhere to go. And also like Drake, the, um, you know, one of the world's biggest um, um, music artists, he, he says he can't sing. You know, he, he does that, he uses auto-tune for everything. So he, so nobody can come at him with that anymore. You know, yeah, nobody, yeah. That, so it's, it's out there. He says, well, of course can't sing. That's why he uses auto-tune. 
you know, whereas if, if the opposite, if he was trying to make himself out and disguise it, he's, he's open for the taking, right? So, um, yeah, how much does that play? Do you see, do you, do you try and coach that with your clients? Is that like, because we've seen that in certainly in this, this world, in vulnerability and expertise are key. You know, if you can show vulnerability whilst being an expert, I mean, like those two things are just going hand in hand right now, especially when with, with COVID, everybody's, you know, felt a community and been together and we're all experiencing this. Um, you know, how, how do you work? How do you work with that? Because people don't want to be vulnerable, right? They don't want to be vulnerable. They want to show themselves as a pure expert in their industry. If they're a manager, they don't want to show their employees that, that, they're, that they can do anything wrong or make mistakes. How, how, how do you work that with your clients, John? Uh, so, I mean, I, I think vulnerability is key. Right. It's massive, isn't it? Certainly in terms of building friendships, relationships of any kind. It can't be done without vulnerability because vulnerability and trust go hand in hand. If you're vulnerable and that you, you build trust through that and then there's more trust you have, the more vulnerable you can be. They're just constantly entwined together. But, I, but you're right. I think so many people struggle with vulnerability. It's not something I struggle with massively. I'm really okay mm. with saying I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not quite sure what's going on here. I'm not even sure if I'm any good at that. Uh, let's give that a bash. And it's it's interesting because, you know, certainly my podcast, a lot of the episodes we've put out, the, a lot of the comments underneath or feedback I've had is, whoa, that is so vulnerable. So, like, thank you for being so vulnerable. But in recording the episode, it doesn't feel that vulnerable. It feels completely normal for me. I'm almost just having a normal conversation with people I know about normal things, the type of conversation I would have at the pub or having a brew with them or just walking in the park. And that's completely normal for me. And what's again, kind of surprised me a little bit is the, the lack of vulnerability that people have in their life, that that's almost weird for them and alien and a bit different because I have these types of conversations with people all the time. And I think from a coaching point of view with the people that I work with, I tell people from early on, do you know, sometimes I might not know what to ask you next. Uh, and if I don't, I'll just say, I, I'm not really sure where to go with this. If we get stuck, I'll just go, I'm a bit stuck here. I, I don't really know what to do with it. I don't think I have to look like I've, I know what I'm doing all the time. or look like I'm the complete expert or there's something about that. The level of confidence to say, I don't know what I'm doing that breeds trust in, you know, from people. And I mm. think what happens is because I'm like that as a coach, it almost invites vulnerability from my clients as well that they're prepared to be more vulnerable. It's really difficult to be vulnerable with somebody who looks flipping perfect, who seems amazing. It's really difficult. It, it, it's much more easy to be vulnerable with someone who's also showing you the chinks in their armor. So I think there's something about that. And I don't see myself as some sort of super coach, who, some sort of life guru who knows what I'm doing all the time. I see myself as almost part of the, the mass of people who are just trying to do life better and trying to figure it out and improve ourselves and grow ourselves. And I've maybe got some stuff to, to help other people out with and feedback and pass on, but I'm not like, you know, I haven't, I don't know what I'm doing all the time. I'm not perfect with stuff. I'm not trying to be, mm -hmm. I think there's something about being really human. Cause I think people can connect with that. I think when people are too amazing, too perfect, it's not real anyway. And I like stuff that's real. I like stuff mm. that's honest and raw. So it's important for me, and I think I probably attract people towards me then that like that as well and value it. Love that. Phil, what's your take on vulnerability? Tell well, us that to you. So, yeah, just when you're talking there. Um, so, so Karis, um, 
she's just uh, reopened the salon. So she's had two weeks of going through like new legislation and implementing that in the salon and um, changing the whole business model and, and the way it works uh, purely to um, obviously safely serve the community, the clients, and also protect, uh, protect all, all the girls in the team. And um, she went through this very focused and very stressful, stressful period of time. And then the first thing she did, and I'm so, so proud of her, the first thing she did, she came home on the Friday night and we were opening on the Saturday. No hair done, no makeup on. And she just sat down and she did a Facebook Live. And it was just a real sort of like bare all, you know, like, um, just 100% vulnerability. It's like, I've done everything I possibly can. And like, we're in this together. And I hope it, hope it works for you. Like, let me know we're open and thanks for the team but in an industry like the, the the salon world where it's all about you know hair and makeup and tan and nails and things for her to spin it on its head and just go look i'm i'm out i'm out with depth here i'm doing the best i can and 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 let, let's get through this together it probably one of the most powerful things i've i've seen um, and it just came so 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 naturally and the response back because she didn't go and spend half an hour getting ready and script it out and then go, right, okay, so these are the procedures and this is what you're feeling. It was just, it was just complete, like, if you've got any questions, ask me. I've got questions that I, I, I don't know the answer to. And it was just, and, and yeah, it, it, it really, really resonated. So yeah, vulnerability is, it's massive in forming, forming the connection, isn't it? Forming, forming that, um, that rapport, isn't, you know, that, that commonality. Well, we are talking about personal brand building as well. And um, we've spoke many times, Phil, on, on how Keris is untapped. Like when she comes on camera, she's just amazing and doesn't realize it. And actually, we're seeing, we're seeing more of this content come through and come through, which is going to be, an, I feel, is going to be a really exciting journey in the next few months um, as the business world comes out and, and certainly in the salon industry. So, yeah, that's great to, great to hear. That's, that's the, that's a, huge step and, and to, to have that response, see that engagement from yeah. the audience is key. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we're all, we're all on a journey where we don't really know what the next steps are. So we're all like finding, finding our way through and, and the more of those conversations we can start and where it's, it is along the lines of you just, you just don't know what's going to happen next, but you're going to, you're going to try your best and you're going to try and figure it out. And if you can do it openly on a platform like this, then it's amazing how many people learn from that or engage with that. I mean, we've had we've had interviews, haven't we, where we've we've come out the other side and we've held our hands up and gone, "Look, this this wasn't this wasn't how we expected it to go. This didn't this didn't work." And we are as responsible and um, uh, totally responsible for that. Um, but the the other the other part the other part to it is is trying to trying to come across as you are in full control, and you're just not, are you? And, no, 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 no. <laughs> and, and, and people need to know that, yeah, none of us are in control. It doesn't matter whether you're the expert in your field or a novice in your, in your field. It's, you know, it's not, life is not a machine with a series of buttons and an instruction manual. And it's, you know, one plus one equals two. And as soon as you can give away that and, mm -hmm. and just go, it's, it's liberating, isn't it? And people, people resonate to that. Well, talking about like vulnerability and anxiety, so that how has that looked with bringing your guests onto your show, John? Uh, you know, has everybody been super up for it? 
has there been some nerves? Because I know we experience people going, oh, can you send me the script? What, what questions am I going to be asked? What does your audience look like? You know, we've had that come through. Um, or people just not believing that, like, oh, are you sure you want me on the show? I mean, what, like, have you, have you, have you experienced some of those things and, and anything different? Have you guessed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, some of the guests are like, oh, my life, I'm really nervous. I'm, it only lasts a couple of minutes because when we get into it, it's like we're just having a normal conversation. So, you know, that kind of works for them. And the other thing is I don't script anything. So the, the only thing really that's planned is that I've got an opening question that I ask every guest which is if you could give your younger self one piece of advice, what would it be? And obviously on the first episode, he didn't know that was coming, but after that kind of people know that's coming. So they, they've maybe started to prep that up a little bit. But beyond that, we basically just pick a subject and go for it. So we don't really, I don't really know what's coming. I don't know what I'm going to say. I don't know what they're going to say. But then that for me was really important because I, I don't like stuff that's too scripted. I don't like stuff that feels a bit forced or a bit fake or... Do you know, like someone's trying to get something in. So it's just a free-flowing chat, like, let's just go for it and see where this goes. Because I think, I think I kind of, I didn't have this great plan when I started, but retrospectively now, I'm starting to realize that what I really want for, for my podcast is that it, it's literally like sitting in the pub and listening to two people on the next table and ear wigging a little bit about this interesting conversation that they're having. And obviously we reference the fact there's people listening and there's an audience, but... The idea is that it's completely unscripted and we're going to go for it. And for some people, that's really quite vulnerable because they want to be in control of it. But then I suppose I'm inviting guests on my show who I know are going to be all right with that and can just roll with it. Um, I'm not, yeah, no, I wouldn't have someone on my show who really needs a script or needs a plan because it just doesn't work. It, I, I, you know, there's, there's, there's a, some podcasts out there that I've listened to that just, they're not my thing and they're not my thing because it's too scripted it's almost for me it's almost overproduced mm -hmm. and what i i like real stuff real people talking about real things that are really relatable and i suppose that's what i'm trying to do with it um and not come across like you know this is so amazing and all singing all dancing but it, it's this is like a, the type of conversation you would hear me have in my house you know like it's not something that we're staging up at all it's almost an insight into the types of conversations I would have with people in normal life. Yeah. How, how are you finding it with, with that, with timings? Um, because obviously that naturally means that you kind of hit a flow, don't you? And, and so do you keep, do you keep the times elastic? Do you allow, or? Uh, so uh, the rough plan is 30 minutes. And uh, we sort of stick to that a little bit, but sometimes it runs on because it just does and it's, yeah. it's not come to a natural end. Uh, one of my shows went on, I think, 45 minutes, and that was because it was just good, and I was like, I'm not cutting this short. But then other times, they've gone on like 36 or 37 minutes because I forgot to start the timer. So I don't know where we're up to. So I was like, I think that's about 30-ish minutes. Let's kind of wrap it up. I don't really know. So there has been like, there has been the odd uh, like winging it moment where I'm like, that feels about 30 minutes. Let's kind of roll with that. So, um, yeah, I've got a little bit better as I've gone along now, remembering to kind of start the clock and have some sort of guidance of what time we're up to. But there was a couple of shows where I genuinely didn't know. I was just hoping it was about 30-ish minutes. So it's, it's, um, it's a bit of a learning curve, isn't it? But I don't know, mate. I think, I think there's something about when people kind of know they've got 30 minutes. You, you know, it feels like it kind of works with that. And actually, I think if I've got someone on who's, you know, there's more to it, I'll invite him back at some point and we'll go yeah. again with it. 
you know, yeah. so it's all right, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, looking through generally on your episodes, what, what, what main pieces stand out? You know, who you interviewed and, and what, what stood out, you know, just to kind of give uh, our listeners, our audience, some insight um, in order to like some hooks to go towards what might be interesting for them. Yeah, so so there, just to start off with that, there is no master plan with my mm-hmm. sort of like episodes. It's almost a case of that person's interesting. I think they've got an interesting topic to talk about. Let's roll with that. So it's kind of just, uh, you know, every episode's different. I mean, there's certainly ones that have stood out and they'll have stood out for different people in different ways. But when I spoke to my mate, John, about, he was talking about the death of his wife uh, and how he's dealt with that and the journey he's been on. I mean, it's difficult to listen to that without, you know, really getting emotionally connected to it. So I think that was a standout for us. But then I suppose everyone that I've worked with, there's been a different message coming through. And I think that the common theme for me is is just the realness of it. I think the first episode took people by surprise because I was talking to my best mate from growing up and, you know, him being a leader in education and him saying, I ain't got a clue what I'm doing. And he leads like these whole teams of people and he doesn't know what he's doing. That kind of stands out for people. And, and, and Ellie, who I had on in episode two, just talking about like, she's this mom and she's working and she's trying to juggle it all. And how does that work? That resonates for loads of people. So it's, I'm trying to pick... I'm not trying to pick, but I'm, I'm trying to work with episodes that have got a range for people. So some people will like some stuff and some people won't like others, but I'm trying to create almost a a bit of a catalogue for people that they can pick the ones that really resonate the most with them and kind of work for them. So, um, yeah, it kind, of, it kind of varies. I mean, like the one I did recently with Emily, which was all about why don't we do the things that make us well? And I was like, I'm not quite sure where this is going to go or how this is going to work. But she came across brilliantly. She got so many little golden nuggets for people about that whole kind of stuff. So, you know, I could mention every single person that we, we've done it with because I think it's almost those little golden nuggets that come out of the episodes, in it? And, and that's what makes it worth it for me. When, when we get people going, oh, that bit, that two minutes or that sentence, that's made a big difference to me. That's the, that's the point of it, really, isn't it? That's the idea that, People are walking away with those things. They're not going to remember the whole 30 minutes of what we talked about. They just remember those uh, those resonating moments for themselves. Yeah. yeah. And in a way, if you try and focus and be real rigid to get that, it, will, it, it often won't happen, right? Whereas yeah. if you go, right, we're just going to have a chat. We're going to be relaxed. We're going to see where this goes. There's no better way, like certainly in my opinion, I speak for all of us here, that to get that, those golden nuggets out of it is just to have a general chat and be relaxed and, yeah. We always we always say with our guests, you know, it's like you when they say, "Oh, so what we're going to talk about?" It's like, right, it's not an interview; it's a chat. First yeah. of all, it's although it's it's not live, it's it's unedited and it's pre-recorded. So straight away they're like, right, "Okay, that that sounds a bit better." And you go, "Look, you know your shit, and we're not journalists. We're not trying to back you into yeah. a corner, like you know." So and they're like, "Oh, well, that's all right then." Yes, exactly, exactly. And then you, it's funny. Some of the some of the most nervous guests are often the ones that just like you're 45, 50 minutes later going, yeah, right, we're going to we're gonna have to cut this and they're, they're yeah, yeah. Properly, properly in the flow. But... I, I, I think there's something for me as well as I used to know somebody years ago who tried to be profound almost in everything that they said. It was like they were attempting to say these sentences. And his name Phil, was his name Phil Skip? <laughs> So it's like uh, it's like they were trying to be profound, and it was like they were trying to say sentences and do some sort of mic drop, or like some wise, like wise old Chinaman. 
<laughs> it was that type of feel. And it was like, as if they were going to say a sentence and instill some unbelievable wisdom into your life. And then some music was going to play as they disappeared off into the distance, like it was a movie. And I can remember it just irritating me a bit. Do you know, yeah. like it almost just felt unreal. And I think that had a profound effect on me that I was like, I'm not going to try and be profound. I'm not going to try and say, I'm not going to attempt to say stuff that's life altering for people. I'm just going to say what comes up and I'm going to say what's in my head and I'm going to share my thoughts. And if it happens to have an effect on people, then that's great. And if it doesn't, they can just turn it off, can't they? Do you know, they don't have to listen to it. So I think there's something about being really natural and normal with it and not, I think the more you're trying to be profound, almost the less profound you become because it loses that authenticity, that, that vulnerability. So knowing that person really helped me actually. It made me sort of, cling more to the the realness of stuff and let's just talk about things and see what comes up and work with it yeah have you have you achieved what you wanted to achieve with the podcast uh, I, I don't know because i don't know what i wanted to achieve is the honest answer i know i know as a businessman i meant to say oh there's this amazing strategy and this plan and then we put together an amazing sort of like plan of action of how this was gonna, i have no idea mate i don't know yeah um but then on the other hand, what I wanted to achieve is always like make a difference in some way, affect people's lives, affect their growth, help them along the path, share some stuff that's useful. That's it for me. So yes, we've achieved that. Uh, and for me, I'm not really even obsessed with the numbers either. Do you know, I'm not, I, I mean, I'd be lying if nobody's listening. I wouldn't be a bit like, oh, hang on a minute. I'm doing some, you know, I need to change something here. But at the same time, I'm not overly obsessed with like who's listening, what are the numbers, how's it going? Because for me, it's more about the individuals and the difference it makes to them. So if it, if it works for people, then I'm I'm really happy with that. But yeah. I, I still don't have any great plan. I still I, I started doing it fortnightly, uh, which was more uh, we're in the middle of lockdown. We've lost loads of our business. We haven't got a lot of money. I think we can afford to do this fortnightly. It was a, it was a money thing. And then I was like, right, hang on, we can do this weekly. So let's go weekly. That feels better in terms of rhythm. But again, mate, I'm making it up. I don't really know. I have no great master plan. I, I like the idea of venturing out a bit into the unknown and seeing what happens. So if you said to me, what's the vision for my podcast? I, I don't have one, mate. I genuinely don't have one. I'm just going to keep making episodes, see where it goes, go along for the ride. It might really take me somewhere. It might not. Uh, it will do something anyway, won't it? It'll create yeah. something. It might open another opportunity. Who but knows? whatever it is, that's okay. Yeah, whatever it is, is going to be absolutely fine. And and I'm enjoying doing it. I like it, you know, so I find it fun. I find it interesting. It's not really hard work. It's ridiculous. I'm like, I sit and chat with people I like for half an hour and then kind of put it out there and it works. And yeah, it, it's as simple as that for me. You know, when, you, when you're under a carpet, John, and you're picking up an award in the near future for your uh, podcast, and they ask you, what's your vision? You know, you, you, at that point, you could just say, I'm the vision. You just <laughs> look, look away confidently so. But, yeah, I, mean, I, could, I could. Or else, or again, I'll probably say, I ain't got a clue. I don't know. I don't know what's next. Exactly. See where we're going. Interestingly, though, in that, the, the bit that I find the most difficult and the bit that I find the most vulnerable is the personal branding bit. Right. That's the bit I really struggle with. Even calling it the John Borland podcast makes me cringe a little bit inside. Mm. Do you know, it really does. It, I wanna when I when I wrote my first book, I was desperate to write it in a pen name, write it by somebody else, so I can almost hide behind it. So I think um, there is 
you know, there's a massive part of me that's extrovert and I'm really okay with being in the spotlight and really okay with being up front. But there's also a massive part of me that that hates that kind of like, uh, look mm. at me, aren't I brilliant, aren't I amazing bit. So I think I think from just being raised in the north of England and that whole idea of don't show off and don't boast still exists within me. So calling it the John Borland podcast is almost the hardest bit of it for me. I'm, that's your vulnerability. That, that's your vulnerability, isn't it? Yeah, massively. You're, yeah. you're where you're going, I'm happy to kind of show myself and just wing it and see what happens, all of that, where you might have the people who are fine calling it their brand name, but struggle kind of being real and seeing how things go. So I mean I guess that's in a way that's your 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 um your your vulnerability and not being too comfortable with stuff. Um yeah, and it's and it's only me that cares. Nobody else gives a monkeys. I know that. I know that full well. Nobody else cares. Nobody's looking at it going, oh, I can't believe you call it a John Boland podcast. Nobody cares. That all exists in my own head. It's almost a conversation that I have between my ego and my real self. Do you know that that's kind of what goes on for me? Um, but being, you know, being really honest with you, that's the bit. The John Boland podcast is the bit that still like that makes me go, hmm. But then I took advice from a great wise man about that uh, when I was speaking to Phil about it months ago. And Phil kind of said to me, You've got to call it your name, mate. You've got to, you can't, you can't dodge it. You can't avoid it. You've got to go with it. So, and I think it's right. it comes back so, to an authenticity. Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not about a stage and and, and spotlights and things. It's a, it's about an, an authenticity. And I think any brand takes a bit away from that. It's try, you know, and that and that was, I think, the conversation that we had. But it's, yeah, and, and so to be fair, to yeah, you were bang on, Phil. You're absolutely right. It was the right thing to do to call it the John Boland podcast. But I think probably without you. Uh, saying that to me that overtly, I reckon I've, I would have been tempted to dodge it and hide it and come up with some sort of fancy title for it. But actually, the reality is, it is the John Boland podcast because it's me talking to people I know about life. You know, so it is it is that straightforward. Yeah. But there is still that little bit of me that goes, oh, it feels a bit funny that. Would I would I be right in thinking, John, that then you you record, you drop your show notes and send it off, it, having having um, you know, Pink having the team then create your stuff is almost that almost helps separate yourself a bit because it's them putting your name on things and promoting you. And yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, that. massively. Yeah, massively helps me. It's like I just record it, um, send it off. They then make it, you know, look how it looks. They don't edit it, but they kind of put the beginning and ending on and p- pick some clips out of it and write some quotes and stuff like that and make it all look really good and, and fancy and nice. Um, but yeah, two things. It does separate that for me. It feels okay that they're doing it. But also, I think then for me, it just it just makes the whole process straightforward and and simple. And 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 again, it's that playing to strengths in it. You know what I'm really good at is communicating with people, talking, chatting, helping people to be vulnerable, share their stories. I'm really good at that stuff. What I'm not really good at is like uh, <laughs> the technical side of stuff or the you know like even even now I look like I know what I'm doing because I've got earphones in and this fancy mic, but that's a really new thing, you know, like I'm just sort of learning as I go along with it. So I like the fact that those guys are doing the bit that they love. I love it that some of the team in pink love like checking the data and the stats and the, how many listeners and all. I would never be asked in a million years to check in with that stuff. It's really important and it works for us, but I love the fact that they love it. So the relationship's fantastic. It, it could not have been easier or better um, and the lines of communication are just dead good as well. I get to talk to them. If there's something wrong, I tell them. 
they're not happy with something I'm doing, they tell me. So it just works really well. It's brilliant. I it, honestly, it's probably uh, seeing the way you guys did it and then getting introduced to the team at Pink was like one of those, just one of those great moments in life where you're like, ah, oh, brilliant. You know, like where everything sort of comes together for you. You know, one of those opportunities. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been brilliant. Well, that's great. That's, that's amazing to hear. But what's more amazing is that we know our team, when they grab this episode and work on it, will hear it. And that's, 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 that's bigger for us. That's, that's amazing because we, we know how hard we've worked and the commitment over the last three plus months on, on everything that they do. Um, but we're going to have to wrap up soon. Phil, I think you, did you have a question or have, I've got one final question to well, so, both of you? Yeah, I'm, I'm conscious, I'm conscious of time, but, um, we were talking about sort of simplicity and, and authenticity. And, um, just before we started recording, you, uh, you let us know about your latest guest who you've interviewed. And I just wanted you to just uh, talk a little bit about how that came about and, and, and how, and how it's gone. Um, because it was, it was your lab, right? Yeah, so I've I've been in interviewing and, and talking with people that I know well because I wanted there to be a rapport and a naturalness to it. And I didn't really want to turn it into the like, you know, them chat shows on telly where people just come promote their latest thing. I wasn't really interested in that. I wanted it to be real, like I've said. Uh, so I got my 12, I've got three kids, but I got my 12-year-old boy Jackson on uh, and asked him if he'd do a podcast with me. And he was a bit like, oh, hang on a minute. How's that work? What do I do? But the way it came about really is we've just recorded an episode which will be out in a few weeks around the subject of love. Um, because I came home one day from work and he was saying to me, oh, what you've been kind of teaching people today? And it was part of our coaching diploma course. We'd been talking about unconditional love. And he was saying, uh, what's that then? So we talked about it and we talked you know, in a bit of detail about it, just having tea. And uh, then he said to me, yeah, I get what you're saying there. He said, so I don't have unconditional love for you, dad. And I was like, all right, okay, I do for you. And he was like, yeah, no, I understand why you do, but I don't for you. There's definitely things you could do that would mean I would stop loving you. And, and he said, I know you're not going to do them, but there would be those things. And I'm like, yeah, and the, and the opposite of that is that actually there's nothing you could do that would stop me loving you. There's things you could do I wouldn't be happy about, I wouldn't be proud of, I wouldn't like, but there's nothing you could actually do that would stop me loving you. So then I said, let's do a podcast about this, mate. Let's get you on and talk about that. And it, and it, it's interesting because it, it turns a little bit more into a Jackson asking, interviewing me and asking me questions about love and different types of love and relationships and marriage. It kind of evolved because we didn't know where we were going with it. It just kind of evolved into that. Um, but yeah, I think it, I think it works. We're going to put it out anyway and give people a listen to it. It is the type of conversation I would have with Jackson, you know, eating breakfast or just playing footy in the park with him or whatever. We'd be chatting about that stuff. So again, it's just real and raw, but I just thought it'd be different to get a kid on and, kind of see what that's like. Um, he was really worried that he'd made a crap podcast episode for me, though. He was like, is it crap, Dad? Don't put it out if it's crap. And I was like, no, mate, it's really all right. We're just going to stick it out anyway, because I think for some people, it'll again, it'll really resonate, won't it? And it'll be interesting for them to yeah. see that kind of connection that's going on there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's I think it's quite rare to get a, a, such a, a raw insight into a, a parental-child relationship and those sort of conversations, because they go on behind closed doors, don't they? And so to, so, to, so to put that, that sort of conversation out there, um, again, it shows massive vulnerability. Um, but I think, it, I think it'd be very enlightening to just, to, just to be a fly on the wall to, to that sort of conversation. Yeah. Especially yeah. at that age as well. 12 is 12. Yeah, Jackson's 12. Um, but he is uh, and always has been from being really little. It's not anything I've done. It's kind of innate in him. He's, a, he's deep thinking. He, he sees the world in different ways. He asks questions that 
that I've, I can't answer. He's asked questions like that from being really, really little. And, and to be honest, um, if everyone's going right, Jacks would go left just to see what was there. He's that type of kid where he, he, he likes to look at things from different angles and thinks things through. And, do you know, and he reminds you of stuff as well. Like he reminded me when we all got locked down, he was like, do you feel a bit of a Muppet now, dad? And I said, why? I said, well, a few months ago, I asked you about coronavirus and whether we needed to be worried and whether it would affect us. And you just listed all the things that you'd lived through up until this point that had never had any impact on your life and said coronavirus would be probably like that. Now we're all stuck at home and we can't go to school and I can't play footy. Do you feel a Muppet? And I was like, yeah, I do feel a Muppet, mate. Yeah, in hindsight. I didn't, don't listen to your dad. I don't know what I'm talking about. But so it's that kind of thing where he's just in the world. <laughs> He doesn't let you off the hook either. He will not let you off the hook at all. So, yeah, hopefully he's going to be a good guest and hopefully, um, you know, it'll work for people to listen to. Love that. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll certainly look forward to that episode and, and sharing it and, and uh, celebrating it. You know, it's, it's an amazing concept. It starts, starts to get you to think, like, well, who else would be really different and interesting to interview? That, and I just I love that, John. Um, well, before we sign off, We've got one question, Thibaut, and I've shortened it by half. But um, uh, if you could interview one person, past or present, in brackets, dead or alive, um, who who would that be and why? Are, so, you, uh, are you looking for a famous name here? Eh? Well, 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 well so, yeah, a well-known name, uh, um, a, a well-known name in like yeah, celebrity. Oh, well, it's like yeah, well, a well-known name that people would know. So, so why? Who would you interview and why? Phil. Phil. John, <laughs> I mean, I can, do you want me to go first? Shall I got, answer my I've own question? I've got loads. I could, I could go forever with this. Do you want to go, Phil? Or do you want me to jump uh, in? No, you, you go. Let's, let's, let's give me some time. <laughs> uh, so, so for me, I think Mahatma Gandhi. I know that sounds very deep and profound, but I'd love to just get inside his head and his thinking and see where he was coming from with stuff. Uh, I think he'd be fascinating. I just want to know, I suppose I'm curious, was the real man like the legends become? Do you know, like, was the real guy as kind of the persona that's been created and and that kind of, because he's the type of guy in it where people accredit quotes to him all over the internet. And it's like, did he actually say that or did he not? I'm not quite sure. He's just been put to him. So I'd like to spend a little bit of time getting to know him probably and what was really going on for him in that walk of life. The other one for me, though, would be Michael Collins, you know, the third guy on the uh, Apollo trip to the moon. He didn't get to walk on the moon. I'd love to know. Well, what yeah, but did the other two really walk on the moon? Did that, well, I mean, did, any, did any of it happen? Could, could you ask him that first? Yeah, yeah, that'd be first question. Imagine it did, being that close, but not walking on it. I just want to know what that would be like as well. Anyway, <laughs> over to you, Phil. <laughs> um, I, 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 my mind's gone blank. I, 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 my, my, initial, my initial thought to that um, was actually my granddad. Um, because oh, nice. Yeah, uh, because my my granddad he he set the family in a cert going in a certain direction, and I would I would love to like have a chat with him about how his thought process was, how that how that came about, the reasons why he did it, and and what and what he hoped would come from it. So it, it, that would be a, a, a real personal thing. Uh, would be yeah, it, that that would be the interview. Um, it's famous to me. <laughs> no, no, I love that. Love that. Absolutely. So, yeah, that. that would be that would be my interview. How about you, Jen? Straight up, um, and it might sound a bit daft, but Steve Irwin. 
Definitely, 100%. I remember he's just his passion and his energy and his ultimate drive on what he is setting out, what he sets out to do, why he does it. And and still you had these this negativity coming into him and, it, and he was like bulletproof. And he was just like, well, no, I, I, I'm, I'm, awareness is key because then I'll make more money. And do you know what I'm going to do with that money? I'm going to make, I'm going to buy more land and I'm going to build reservations on there. And he was just like, oh, so awesome. I remember I was, tra- I was doing a, a big world travel and I was in Vietnam when the news came up on it. It was an Australian TV network and the news came through that he, he died. And I remember with my, my girlfriend at the time, we just sat in all day watching this Australian news channel uh, you know, with all of the videos and the touching memories and stuff, like in tears. I just remember thinking like, just an awesome, awesome guy. And, and I really believe that the world, you know, has lost someone very, very special there uh, with him. So I just, just to, to be able to be sat with him and you almost would, wouldn't need to talk. You just throw him a little thing and then just sit back, like you energized by him. So yeah, Steve, so we've got Steve Irwin, uh, who was yours? John Gandhi? Gandhi. Gandhi and, um, and Phil's granddad. Not a bad mix. What a, what a show. We've had that yeah. in, a round, in, a, in a round table. That'd be some mix, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> On that note, gentlemen, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, John, where can people find you? Uh, so you can find me at uh, spaciouscoaching.co.uk uh, on Facebook group, The John Boland Podcast. It's also on Instagram as well, The John Boland Podcast. Everywhere. LinkedIn as well, John Boland's just kind of uh, hit me up, get in touch with me, et cetera, et cetera. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, absolute yeah. pleasure. Good to see yeah. you again, John. Thanks for coming on. Awesome. Thanks very much, guys. Thank you so much for joining us on the Business Lockdown. Please comment, like, share and subscribe to help build our global community. We look forward to seeing you all soon.